This video is part of an audiobook series featuring the 15 invaluable laws of growth. Live them and reach your full potential. Written by John C. Maxwell in 2012. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel, find me on Spotify, or check out my website for downloads. Chapter 6 The Law of Environment Growth Thrives in Conducive Surroundings and it begins with a quote from Mark Kane. Quote, The first step toward success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment you first find yourself in. End quote. I believe at some point during every person's lifetime, there comes a need to change environments in order to grow. That may seem obvious in the case of someone like Janetta McSwain, whom I wrote about in the Law of the Mirror chapter. She grew up in a terrible situation and suffered horrible abuse but I also believe it's true even for people who grow up in positive, nurturing environments. If we want to grow to reach our potential, we must be in the right environment. That usually requires us to make changes in our life. Time for a change. I grew up in a great home environment. I had two loving parents. My father led our family proactively, helping each of us three kids find our purpose and develop our talents. My mother loved us unconditionally, and believe me, there were days when I know I was a challenge because I didn't like rules and was always pushing the boundaries. I had lots of friends. I received a good education. I headed off to a career I loved after marrying my high school sweetheart. What could be better? But less than 10 years into my career, I realized that the environment I was in wasn't conducive to reaching my full potential. In my late 20s, I was already being considered to lead the premier church in the denomination. I wanted to learn a lot more, and by their grooming me for that position so early in my career, I felt like they were saying that I was at the top of my class. And what's the problem with that? Well, if you're at the head of your class, then you're in the wrong class. The best place to learn is always where others are ahead of you. Just to set the record straight so you don't think I'm bragging, I need to tell you that I was a medium-sized fish in a very small pond. I wasn't as good as they were giving me credit for. The people in my denomination were good people. I admired the character and integrity of many of their leaders. So that wasn't the problem. I just knew I needed more room to grow. And to do that, I would have to change environments. I went to my father, a lifelong pastor in that organization, who had been a college president and an executive in the denomination's leadership, and talked with him about the issue. He agreed that I needed to move into a larger pond so I could grow more easily. That took understanding and courage on his part, because after I left, he would remain in the organization, and he would endure a lot of criticism from others in the organization for my move. But he did it with grace, and he always supported my decision. And I feel certain that had I remained where I was, I would not have grown the way I have, nor would I have come as far. Change depends on your choices. You've probably seen the growth, the phrase, growth equals change. It's possible to change without growing, but it's impossible to grow without changing. One of the keys to making the right changes that allow us to grow is knowing the difference between a problem or challenge, which I can change, and a fact of life, which I cannot. For example, one day as a teenager, I looked into the mirror and came to a sudden realization. I was not a handsome guy. It was a fact of life. I couldn't change my face. What was I going to do about it? I made a decision. I would change my attitude about it. I would smile. Did it change my face? No, not really, but it helped me to look better. Like me, you must deal with many facts of life. You cannot change where and when you were born. 
You cannot change who your parents are. You cannot change your height or your DNA. But you can change your attitude about them. You must do your best to live with them. A problem is different. A problem is something you can do something about. It's something you can grow through. How? Ironically, it begins with a similar first step, a change in attitude. When you change your attitude regarding a problem, you open up many opportunities for growth. Businessman, author, and speaker Nito Quibian asserted, quote, Whether you are a success or failure in life has little to do with your circumstances. It has so much more to do with your choices, end quote. What choices do you need to make so that you are in a conducive surrounding where you will thrive and grow? When it comes to environment, I believe we need to make the following six choices to put ourselves in a better place for growth. 1. Assess your current environment. Professor and preacher Ernest Campbell tells a story about a lonely woman who purchased a parrot from a pet, from a pet store. After only one day of having it, she returned it to the store and told the storekeeper how disappointed she was with it. The parrot hasn't said a word yet, she lamented. The storekeeper asked, does it have a mirror? Parrots like to be able to look at themselves in a mirror. So the lady bought a mirror and returned home. The next day, she was back again, reporting that the bird still wasn't speaking. What about a ladder? The the storekeeper asked. Parrots enjoy walking up and down a ladder. So the parrot owner bought a ladder and returned home. On the third day, she was back again with the same complaint. But the shopkeeper asked, does the parrot have a swing? Birds often enjoy relaxing on a swing. She bought the swing and went home. The next day, she returned to the store and announced that the bird had died. I'm terribly sorry to hear that, said the storekeeper. Did the bird ever say anything before it died? Yes, the lady said. It said, don't they sell any food down there? What's the moral of this silly story? Change just for the sake of change is not going to help you. If you are going to make changes, you must make sure that they are the right ones. And how do you do that? Start by assessing where you are now and why you want to change. When I was considering making the transition from one professional environment to another, I spent a good amount of time examining why I wanted to change. For me, there were three main reasons to make the transition. I had gone to the top too fast. I did not feel challenged enough. And there was nowhere else I wanted to go within the organization. Those factors were enough to make me look at the uncomfortable truth of needing to make changes to where I was and what I was doing. One of the ways to judge whether you are growing and in a conducive growth environment is to discern whether you're looking forward to what you're doing or looking back at what you've done. If the future looks dull, routine, or confining, you may need to start looking for changes. Like me, you may be able to intuitively sense if you are not in the kind of growth environment that is going to promote your growth. However, if you find it difficult to make that judgment about your situation, then you can approach it from another direction. You can ask yourself questions to help you understand who and what nurtures you personally, and then figure out whether or not you're getting those things. Here's a list of questions to help you get started. Music. What songs lift me? Thoughts. What ideas speak to me? Experiences. What experiences rejuvenate me? Friends, what people encourage me? Recreation, what activities revive me? Soul, what spiritual exercises strengthen me? Hopes, what dreams inspire me? Home, what family members care for me? Giftedness, what blessings activate me? Memories, what recollections make me smile? Books, 
What have I read that changed me? You get the idea. I'm sure you will be able to add other categories and questions to help you understand what encourages you to grow. The main idea is to know yourself and to assess whether you are getting what you need in your current environment. If you are, celebrate. If you're not, prepare yourself to make some hard choices. 2. Change yourself and your environment. If you know that you need to make a major change to your environment, then there's something you must keep in mind. You must also determine to change yourself at the same time. Here's why. If you try to change yourself but not your your environment, growth will be slow and difficult. If you try to change your environment but not yourself, growth will be slow and less difficult. If you change your environment and yourself, growth will be fast and more successful. By putting both together at the same time, you increase and accelerate your chances for success. When I first realized I needed to grow, after the encounter with Kurt Kampemeyer that I recounted in The Law of Intentionality, I found it difficult to actually do so. Few people shared my enthusiasm for growth. I had few models. Most of the people around me in my little world were content to work hard and merely make a living. I wanted more than that. I wanted to make an impact. During that time, I remember sitting down and thinking about what a growth environment would look like. Over the course of many weeks, I penned what I call my growth environment. It has helped me to guide my decision-making regarding personal growth since I wrote it in 1973. It says, in a growth environment, others are ahead of me. I am continually challenged. My focus is forward. The atmosphere is affirming. I am often out of my comfort zone. I wake up excited. Failure is not my enemy. Others are growing. People desire change. Growth is modeled and expected. When my intuition was telling me that my environment wasn't conducive to personal growth, I went back to that list and found that most of those statements did not apply to my current situation. So I determined to change myself and change my environment. If you read that list and you sensed that most of those statements did not apply to your life, then you may need to do the same thing. I learned a lot about changing myself in 1975 when I attended a conference in Waterloo, Iowa. At that conference, I saw Charles Tremendous Jones for the first time. It was there I also met an author whose books I admired, Elmer Towns. I was surprised but delighted when he invited me to sit next to him on a flight to Chicago on our way home so we could talk. During our conversation, he taught me the hot poker principle. How do you, do you know how to get a poker hot? Elmer asked me. Put it in the fire. He then went on to explain that we're like the metal in a poker. If our environment is cold, we are cold. If it's hot, we are hot. If you want to grow, he said, then spend time with great people. Visit great places. Attend great events. Read great books and listen to great tapes. Those words sent me on a quest to meet with leaders around the country who were ahead of me professionally. It changed my life. As you consider changing yourself and your environment, think about the elements that the right kind of growth environment provide. The right soil to grow in. What nourishes me? Growth. The right air to breathe in. What keeps me alive? Purpose. The right climate to live in. What sustains me? People. They say that if you put a pumpkin in a jug when it's the size of a walnut, it will grow to the size and the shape of the jug and never get bigger. That's what can happen to a person's thinking. Do not allow it to happen to you. Number three, 
change who you spend your time with. Early in my life, I learned the importance of the right environment in who I spent my time with. My parents were, were very wise in this area. Though my parents never had a lot of money when we were growing up, they created the kind of home environment where all our friends wanted to come and spend time. My dad made a basketball court by pouring a concrete pad and putting up a basketball hoop. They fitted out our basement as a kid's paradise, complete with a pool table, ping pong table, and chemistry set. We had very reason, few reasons to hang out anywhere but home, and our friends always had a reason to come over. My mother was always around getting to know the kids. She influenced all the friends she could and warned us about the behavior of those who might lead us into trouble. She and my dad understood that birds of a feather flock together, and their efforts paid off. Kids flowed to our house. Even today, more than five decades later, whenever I see any of the people I grew up with, they still talk about coming over to my house as a kid and hanging out in our basement canteen. It was a destination. According to research by social psychologist Dr. David McClelland of Harvard, the people with whom you habitually associate are called your reference group, and these people determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. Many people have given their take on this truth. King Solomon of Israel wrote, quote, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm, end quote. Charles Tremendous Jones is well known for saying, quote, You are the same today that you are going to be in five years from now, except for two things, the people with whom you associate and the books you read, end quote. Jim Rohn asserted that we become that combined average of the five people we hang around the most. Rowan would say that we could tell the quality of our health, attitude, and income by looking at the people around us. He believed that we start to eat what they eat, talk like they talk, read what they read, think like they think, watch what they watch, and dress like they dress. I like the way Sue Enquist sees the issue. Enquist has been called the John Wooden of women's softball. She played for UCLA from 1975 to 78, returned in 1980 as an assistant coach, and then served as head coach from 89 to 2006. As player and coach, she helped win a total of 11 NCAA softball titles. She retired with a career coaching record of 877-1751, an 8.835 winning percentage that puts her among the top five NCAA coaches of all time. Enquist has espoused the 33% rule. She says you can divide people in your school, on your team, or at work, or anywhere else into the bottom, middle, and top thirds, and they always have the same characteristics. The bottom thirds suck the life out of you because nothing is ever good enough for them. They take energy and motivation out of an environment. The middle third are happy and positive when things are going well, but get down in times of adversity. Circumstances dictate their attitude. The top third maintains a positive attitude even and especially when times are tough. They are leaders, influencers, and game changers. Those are the kind of people we should try to be, and those are the kind of people who we should spend our time with. It is not always comfortable, but it is always profitable to associate with people larger than ourselves. As the Italian proverb says, quote, keep company with good men and you will increase their number, end quote. What kinds of larger people should we spend our time with? Well, people with integrity, people who are positive, people who are ahead of us professionally, people who lift us up instead of knocking us down, people who take the high road, never the low, and above all, 
people who are growing. They should be like Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau, whose question for each other whenever they met was, what have you learned since the last time we met? I highly recommend that you also find an accountability partner to take the growth journey with you. That person will help you to stick with your right decisions and help you avoid making wrong ones. A good accountability partner should love you unconditionally, desire your success, be mature, ask you agreed upon questions, and help you when you need help. You cannot take the growth journey alone, not if you want to reach your potential. The most significant factor in anyone's personal environment is the people. If you change nothing else in your life for the better than that, you will have increased your chances of success tenfold. So think long and hard about who you're spending the most time with, for wherever they are headed, so are you. Number four, challenge yourself in your new environment. I once heard a story about a Japanese artist who painted a picture on a large canvas. Down in one corner was a tree, and on the limbs of the tree were some birds. The rest of the canvas was bare. When he asked if he was going to paint something more to fill the rest of the canvas, he said, Oh no, I have to leave room for the birds to fly. One of the most positive things about being in a growth environment is that it gives you room to fly, but you must be intentional about finding and creating those growth opportunities. You must develop the habit and discipline of challenging yourself. One of the first ways that I challenged myself was by making my goals public. Few things push a person like a deadline and an audience. That didn't mean I, was, I always reached my goals, but I found that if I told others about what I intended to do, I worked harder, and I worked in such a way that I wouldn't be ashamed of my efforts, even if everyone was watching them. Another way I've challenged myself, both when I started and still today, is to look for one major growth opportunity every week, follow through on it, and learn from it. Whether it's a meeting with friends, a lunch with a mentor, a conference I'm attending, or a speaking event where I might get time with high-profile leaders, I always prepare the same way by asking five questions before the learning time. I ask, what are their strengths? This is where I will learn the most. What are they learning right now? This is how I can catch their passion. What do I need right now? This helps me to apply what I learned to my situation. Who have they met? What have they read? Or what have they done that has helped them? This helps me find additional growth opportunities. And number five, what haven't I asked that I should have asked? This enables them to point out changes I need to make from their perspective. A better growth environment won't help you much if you don't do everything in your power to make the most of it. It's like an entrepreneur being given money for new opportunities and never using it. You must seize the growth opportunities you have and make the most of them by challenging yourself. Number five, Focus on the moment. The changes we want to make in our lives come only in the present. What we do now controls who we become and where we are in the future. We live and work in the present. As Harvey Firestone Jr. said, quote, Today is when everything that's going to happen from now on begins. End quote. If you need to make changes in yourself and your environment, don't worry about your past. I read that former movie star and diplo diplomat Shirley Temple Black learned about the power of living in the moment from her mother-in-law. Evidently, when her husband Charles was a boy, he asked his mother, what was the happiest moment of your life? She responded, this moment, right now. But what about all the other happy moments in your life? What about you when you were married? He asked. She laughed and said, my happiest moment was then. My happiest moment now is now. 
You can only really live in the moment that you're in, so to me, that's always the happiest moment. Mother Teresa observed, Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. If you need to make changes in yourself and your environment, don't dwell on the past. You can't change it. Don't worry about your future. You can't control it. Focus on the current moment and what you can do now. Number six, move forward despite criticism. In his classic, The Science of Getting Rich, author Wallace D. Wattles writes, quote, Do not wait for a change of environment before you act. Cause a change of environment through action. You can act upon your present environment so as to cause yourself to be transferred to a better environment, end quote. Growth always comes from taking action, and taking action almost always brings criticism. Move forward anyway. To reach your potential, you must do not only what others believe you cannot do, but what even you believe you cannot do. Most people underestimate themselves. They shoot for what they know they can reach. Instead, they should reach for what's beyond their grasp. If you don't try to create the future you want, you must endure the future you get. As you take action to change yourself and your environment, you will almost certainly be criticized for it. Poet Ralph Waldo Emerson observed, quote, Whatever course you decide upon, there is always someone to tell you that you are wrong. There are always difficulties arising which tempt you to believe that your critics are right. To map out a plan of action and follow it to the end requires some of the same courage which a soldier needs. Peace has its victories, but it takes brave men to win them. End quote. When I was sensing that I needed a change environments in my career, the organization offered me the best position they had. It was a very generous thing for them to do, but I knew with great uncertainty that I had to make a transition and go in a different direction, so I declined their offer. Unfortunately, they felt rejected, and they criticized my decision. That's okay. As Speaker Les Brown says, quote, Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality, end quote. Their words hurt but they didn't make me question my decision. Albert F. Jeffrey asserts, quote, When you take charge of your life, there is no longer need to ask permission of other people or society at large. When you ask permission to give someone veto power over your life, end quote. Before making a major change, seek wise counsel if you can, but make your own decisions. You are ultimately accountable for the choices you make in your life. A note for leaders. As I grew in my career and began leading larger organizations, my growth challenge began to change. The need for me to grow was always there, and the need to find people who teach me never changed. However, as the leader of an organization, I came to recognize that it was my responsibility to create a positive growth environment for others. I did that by using the same list I created for myself in 1973 and applying it to help others. I strove to create a place where others are ahead of them. They are continually challenged. Their focus is forward. The atmosphere is affirming. They are often out of their comfort zone. They wake up excited. Failure is not their enemy. Others are growing. People desire change. Growth is modeled and expected. As the leader, it was my responsibility to take the initiative and create such an environment. It was hard work, but the effort was always worth it. Many people blossomed, grew, and became leaders as a result. When leaders match people to roles in the organization, it's not enough for them to weigh what people have done in the past. They must also consider what people could do if the environment allowed them to flourish. 
Likewise, it's a good idea to help people understand what will be missing for them when they leave a growth environment. I always tried to do that during exit interviews with people as they moved on from my organizations. I'd tell them, you are leaving an environment where growth is a priority and people are encouraged and expected to develop. If you don't go to a similar environment, you can't expect to get the same results, and you will have to work extra hard to keep growing. Some understood and met the challenges ahead of them. Others saw only what they hoped would be greener pastures and didn't understand the importance of a good environment until they hit walls they had never experienced before. Never forget the law of the environment. Growth thrives in conducive surroundings. If you are in a positive growth environment, be grateful. Thank the people who have helped to create it and reward them by striving to reach your potential. If you're not, do what you must to change your environment and yourself. And if you are a leader, do everything in your power to grow yourself and create the right environment in which others can grow. It will be the best investment you ever made as a leader. Applying the Law of Environment to Your Life 1. Assess the current environment when it comes to growth by answering true or false to each of these following 10 statements. 1. Others are ahead of me. 2. I am continually challenged. 3. My focus is forward. 4. The atmosphere is affirming. 5. I am often out of my comfort zone. 6. I wake up excited. 7. Failure is not my enemy. 8. Others are growing. 9. People desire change. And 10. Growth is modeled and expected. If you answer false to more than five of the statements, your current environment may be hampering your growth. You will need to determine whether you need to change or improve your environment in order to reach your potential. Applying the Law of Environment to Your Life Step 2 Assess your personal growth needs in the three main areas mentioned in the chapter. First of all, the right soil to grow in. What nourishes me? Growth. Use the following list from the chapter to create your own to assess what nurtures you. Music. What songs lift me? Thoughts. What ideas speak to me? Experiences. What experiences rejuvenate me? Friends. What people encourage me? Recreation. What activities revive me? Soul. What spiritual exercises strengthen me? Hopes. What dreams inspire me? Home. What family members care for me? Giftedness. What blessings activate me? Memories. What recollections make me smile? Books. What have I read that changed me? The right air to breathe in. What, ke what keeps me alive? Purpose. Review your answers to the questions at the end of the Law of Awareness in the Law of Consistency chapters. Use them to develop a purpose statement for your life. Don't expect it to be perfect or permanent. It will probably continue to grow and change as you do, but it will give you a stronger sense of direction now. The right climate to live in. What sustains me? People. Make a list of the people who are currently most influential in your life. Friends, family, colleagues, employers, mentors, and so on. Be sure to also include anyone you spend a substantial amount of time with. Then scan the list and determine who on the list is larger than you more skilled or talented, farther ahead professionally, more solid in character, or in any other significant way. If the majority of people are not stretching you, you need to find additional people who will help you change and grow. 
And step three, significant growth will not occur in your life if you are not continually challenged in your environment. Set specific goals for yourself that are beyond your current capabilities. In addition, review your calendar for the upcoming month. Look for the best potential growth opportunity in each week and plan for it by asking yourself questions similar to the ones contained in this chapter. Thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, and visit my channel for more exciting content.